0: Welcome to Baptist Perspective with Jimmy Barber. Whether you're listening while driving home from work, sitting with a hot cup of coffee, or making dinner, we hope this podcast will be thought-provoking and edifying. Now, here with today's episode is Jimmy Barber. In our last study, we began to study the mode of baptism. There we saw that Calvin admitted that immersion of the whole body in water is what the believers of the New Testament and early saints believed and practiced. He further asserted that since some immersed once and others three times, they had, quote, different rites, end of quote. That's rites, R-I-T-E-S. And because of this, quote, Calvin said, there is no call for us to be particular about things that are not necessary, end of quote. He concluded by saying that it justified changing from immersion to sprinkling. This change, he said, was a, quote, trifling difference in the ceremony, quote, and that it, quote, ought not to mean so much to us, end of quote. The thing that Calvin failed to note is that immersing three times or one time did not change the mode. It was still immersion, and this, as he called it, different rites, did not in any way suggest a consideration of sprinkling with the early believers. What would cause Calvin to say, quote, moreover, it is a matter of no importance whether we baptize by entirely immersing the person baptized in the water or only by sprinkling water upon him. According to the diversity of countries, this should remain free to the churches. End of quote. We can believe that the only reason he or anyone else would suggest sprinkling in the place of immersion. Was because this is what the Catholics practiced, and he wanted to hold his preconceived idea and practice as performed by the religion he was trying to reform. We also saw in our previous study that the Greek word baptizo or baptizo means to dip or immerse, and that this meaning is affirmed by all Greek scholars, both sacred and secular around the world. Let us consider this word somewhat in more detail. As we stated in our previous broadcast, since the Lord used the Greek word baptizo for baptize and not to use any other word, why should we think we have the option to change the practice to a different form? If the truth about baptism is essential to authenticating the church or congregation of God, why put that in jeopardy by changing the form of how baptism is to be performed? Since baptism is a command and not an option, compare Acts 10:48, where Peter commanded the believers in Cornelius' house to be baptized— Why run the risk of violating a command of the Lord by following convenience or personal preference? God, by inspiration, used words to convey His thoughts to us. He made it clear that vital truths and doctrines are defined and given to us by the use of the very tense of a word. In Galatians 3.16, God said, quote, Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed which is Christ, end of quote. Since God is so specific and emphasized that the scriptures in Genesis 15.6 said, seed, singular, and not seeds, plural, we believe when he used the Greek word baptizo, he did not intend to mean anything else than what that particular Greek word meant. To substitute sprinkling or pouring for immersion is a violation of the Word of God. Allow me to digress somewhat here. So far, I have not mentioned pouring for baptism. Time will not allow for a detailed study on the subject of pouring. Since we are not doing a detailed study of baptism and sprinkling either, but we are only attempting to answer some of the basic principles, which also will apply to pouring. However, I want to show that some do try to make a sense for pouring. Several years ago, J. Adams wrote a little book entitled, Meaning and Mode of Baptism. In it, he stated, quote, If Jesus was immersed, he was not the Christ or Messiah. That's from page 20. Further in the book, while discussing what took place in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost, he tried to show that there were two different kinds of baptism. Real baptism, which is what he called spirit baptism, and ritual baptism, which he called water baptism. We may consider the subject of spirit baptism sometime later, but we do not have time to do so here. He further said that ritual or as he believed, water baptism, must symbolize the real, or as he affirms, spirit baptism, or it is no symbol at all and has no point. That's from page 22. On page 23, he wrote, quote, not only does Acts 2 not teach baptism by immersion, But no passage of Scripture more clearly describes the mode by which a baptism was performed as a pouring. There is nothing in the text to make one conclude that the Pentecostal baptism way by immersion. Everything gives evidence that it was by effusion. End of quote. Effusion is the act of baptizing by pouring. I hope this brief side note will give you some indication as to why some endeavor to believe that pouring is a form or mode of baptism. Again, I remind you that more arguments could be given to support pouring as a mode of baptism. But we're not trying to be exhausting We are only seeking to give broad overviews in our study or in our studies. We're not trying to denigrate those who practice sprinkling and or pouring. We're trying to support the Baptist position and show why we cannot follow the teachings of the Reformers regarding these ordinances. Our plans are to look at these three modes immersion, sprinkling, and pouring, and the corresponding Greek words in more detail later. Time will not allow us to begin this today. However, I want to give a simple illustration to show the confusion of using these three English words as meaning the same thing. If two or more words are synonymous, then they can be substituted into a sentence and not change the meaning. For example, if I say, the dog was chasing a rabbit, or the hound was chasing a rabbit, or the beagle was chasing a rabbit, the meaning of the sentence is not changed the only difference in the illustration is that the type of dog is more descriptive in the last sentence but the meaning is the same throughout if we apply this same principle to mark 1 5 with our three words of immersion sprinkling and pouring being synonymous we would not change the meaning of the verse. The verse reads, And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. End of quote. Now let's see what happens when we substitute baptize with our three English words. First, And there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all immersed of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. Second, and there went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and were all sprinkled of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. End of quote. And lastly, quote, And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all poured of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. End of quote. Did you catch the difference? To be immersed or dipped of or by John in the river does not change the meaning. However, To be sprinkled of or by John in the river, one would have to be ground to a powder to be sprinkled of John in the river. Likewise, to be poured of or by John in the river, one would have to be melted or changed into a liquid to be poured of John in the river of Jordan. Therefore, these three English words, pouring, sprinkling, and immersion, are not synonyms. Thus, we see that to be poured in the river is not the same as to be sprinkled in the river, and these two are not the same as being immersed in the river. They do not mean the same thing, Therefore, they cannot teach the same doctrine our Lord intends us to know and practice when performing this ordinance. Hopefully, this simple illustration will help you to better understand baptism. Also, as you discuss this subject with someone who does not care about the meaning of Greek words and other details, this illustration will show him that the three English words cannot mean or teach the same thing. There is a difference, and that difference must be maintained in following the command of our Lord. We will, the Lord willing, continue our study of the mode of baptism in our next podcast. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Baptist Perspective. We archive our episodes so you can go back anytime and listen again. Do you have a question about something you've heard or just want to let us know you're listening? Visit us at BaptistPerspective.WordPress.com. That's BaptistPerspective.WordPress.com. Thanks again for listening.